Alright, welcome everyone to episode number 10 of Go With The Flow. Very special guest in the building. This person, probably one of my favorite people on this campus, and oh I'm, not, I'm not just saying that because she's here, I talk about you all the time. <laughs> one of the most outgoing people, she's your favorite person's favorite person. I always say that if you want to get somewhere in a timely fashion, do not walk around with her because she knows absolutely every single person <laughs> that you're going to see on your way to whatever destination. Oh, but without further ado, Louisa is in the building. What's up, Flo? Um, thank you for being guest number 10. We were just talking I know, about I, this. Guest number 10 is pretty, it's a pretty big accolade, I pretty, feel. I think so, too. And could you just actually say what you were saying like a few minutes ago? about? So, I was maybe saying that Flo's podcast is in my top podcast on uh, Spotify. So, No big know. deal. No, no big no, deal. No, no biggie. No, no big biggie. deal. We're doing this. Okay. So, <laughs> Joe Rogan, here we come. 10 yeah, years exactly. from now. Um, so, I've started all these episodes just talking about how I met my guest and how we became friends Mm -hmm. and this is another one that i'm oh wait actually yes i just realized this i've and when i was prepping this episode i realized this and i don't even know if you're gonna remember this do you remember when we first met see i'm trying to think now and i can't for the life of me think what it was okay so it was freshman year and i think this was actually frost week actually i'm pretty sure it was the first time like going out after we came back from oaca and for some other reason we ended up, it was like me, you, and a bunch, it was like 10 other people. We ended up in a room playing Never Have I Ever. Really? Do you remember? I think. I have no recollection. Yes, it was me, you, and then the only other person I remember Omar, was. Maybe? I don't, maybe I didn't know, know Omar at that point, but Cameron, because he was in my Z group. Uh, not my Z group, he was, in my, he was in my OA group. And so he was the only other person I remember in the room. But that was the first time I met you. And I just realized that when I was trying to prep this episode. And I was like, oh, wow, God. I've really known you for so long. You probably didn't even know me at that point. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think what I would have said never remember. That's interesting. I, I just remember being like, wow, I'm in college now. <laughs> never have I ever. All these kids are so cool. <laughs> and That's now, really now here we are a couple, a couple years later, good friends. I'm so after, old now, God. Exactly. Um, so, could you just um, tell the people where you're from, how you got to Princeton, and some of the things that you're involved in around campus, your major? Yeah, I can do that. The the classic precept thing. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> Icebreakers, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm from Oxford in England. Pretty awesome place. If you guys ever get to go, I'm your tour guide. I love showing people around because it's beautiful. It's I will a- take you up on that. You actually must. You actually must. No, I will. Max has promised to take me to Chelsea games and show me around England, and you will not okay, take me to You don't Oxford. need to go to Chelsea games. That's useless. First off, that's useless. Look, Arsenal. I'm a, I'm a man. Oh, you're. Oh, I'm a, I'm a man. You fan. So. The, we don't need that. We don't need. Okay. <laughs> we don't need any of that. It's all about Arsenal. It's the only team worth supporting. And Max, let me speak to you alone for a second. Because he will be listening. Chelsea is the worst team on the face of the planet. Thank you. That's it. That's all I want to know. <laughs> you just got to know that. Um, okay, yeah. Oxford. Uh, Oxford, England. Great place. Um, I am on the track team on campus. Throw lots of, you know, metal across fields. That's my usual descriptor. Um, what else do I do? I'm a member of Canon, new VP of Canon. Madam Vice, oh, you ruined the review. I was going to, I was, yeah, <laughs> Ma- she's the Madam Vice President. And we will talk about that in a little bit, but yes, congratulations yes. on Thank that. Thank you, Madam Vice President. That's, I- <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, what else do I do? I am an eco rep as well. You know, um, I work for the social media aspect of eco rep. So we, I put stuff up on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much. I, I also led OA, so back in the day. You were an OA leader? I was an OA leader, my, oh. my sophomore year. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, so just doing a bit of that, bit of this, bit of that. I do, I generally could be found at Frisk before the pandemic, just, you know, distracting people. That was yeah. my usual, <laughs> that's my usual stick. Uh, but obviously Frist is pretty much a, like a literal a graveyard right now. now. Yeah, it's a so. shame. I walked through yesterday for the first time, not for, actually yeah, for the first time in what would be normal late meal hours, and it was like, 20 people in there I was like this really this is not it this is not it at all <laughs> and did you it. did you say what major was oh I'm an anthropology major oh lots I'm... of people like to say it's a silly major I think it's great I love being an anthro major because you can literally just look into like anything and understand like the way people relate to a, a subject it's like very interesting to see especially at the moment and I write my JP on like sport and racism in sport so it's like literally a minefield of stuff it's so wild okay wow yeah no, it's yeah pretty cool i would okay i do shit on some majors not anthropology hey. that's one that actually does sound pretty cool so yeah. um i i respect that but so you just mentioned one of the things that i wanted to get into kind of right away the newly elected vice president of canon the yes. canon club yes, actually canon. No, you're not worth the ivy club you're not no, whatever hey but hey, 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 hey. it's a last club on the street uh, okay <laughs> Okay. Disagree. I mean, agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. I think everyone loves their clubs individually. But I actually just had Donovan on. Um, He was he was my last recorded episode that's going to come out this coming Monday, and he was also a fellow canon officer. But he unfortunately did not get to live in the building. So I'll ask you about that in a second. But kind of just back to election night. What was it like hearing that you won? Were you surprised or you're not surprised? Because when I heard it, I was like, this is the least surprising thing. Like, Luis is the most likable person that I've ever oh, met. God. And if you weren't elected, out of there would have been some sort of election fraud. Like, we, like we might have. Uh, just look at Ivy for that one, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, No, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was great. It was definitely nerve-wracking speaking to the club, especially on Zoom when you're like, you know, I feel like when you're in person, it's like a an event. I'm good at like just scanning the room, Agreed. catching people's eye. But I definitely found myself tripping over my words because it's just Zoom is so like, I don't know, it's so stationary. You don't yeah, know where you're meant to be It's not natural looking. at all, exactly. It was very like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I can't see if anything I'm saying is landing, but whatever. It was, you know, it was fine. It was good. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's really exciting to be a VP. And like my whole thing is wanting to like do good for the club and, you know, we, we just started a, a DEI group in Canon, which Tavares and Shabazz are helping me run up. And it's just, yeah. I, think I love those two. They yeah. were both on, on the PBMA board with me. Yes, yeah, great people. I mean, they're honestly so amazing. And yeah, so I just, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to actually getting to do some stuff and then hoping for some in-person stuff next semester. We'll see. Obviously, no way to know whether that's going to be the case, but hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. And I think, because like you said, running virtual for, for canon did you have to make speeches or what was that process yeah we like? make speeches so actually i originally was running for presence against the current president who's yeah. still president yeah so then you if you you get the options drop down so i dropped down yeah we, yeah we have it that way too yeah. okay yeah, gotcha same. and so yeah i like that other clubs make speeches y'all make speeches i know cottage mm-hmm. makes speeches yeah I, pretty sure Tian makes speeches i think we're like the only ones who don't make yeah, speeches it's interesting. you just like put your name in and then it's like oh vote <laughs> and i'm very similar to you because i also ran i ran yeah. for president down didn't get anything i was sad for like a second then i was like it is what it is because i'm a realistic person so going in i knew there was a very good chance that i didn't get anything so then when i didn't i wasn't bummed about it yeah but i do like the fact that you're able to make your case yeah and i also agree that if it's in person i'm also the type of person who's able to like scan the room work the room mm-hmm. be more social in person but doing it virtually is just like 
most people have their camera off. Yeah. You don't know who you're speaking to, and so it's just a little bit of a. It's a little stale, almost. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's very exciting for you. For you, I'm very because Donovan was very sad that he did not Didn't get yet. to live in the building. I know. And I hope, and I, I'm pre, my prediction is has been that next year, at least, at the very least, the club will be open for the members to yes. eat in, and at least, at the very, very least, for the officers to live in. This is what I'm hoping and praying for. Please, Ice Cream, please. <laughs> please, just, yes. I, just have the club open for the members. Like that would be amazing. Like even, even beside the officers living in the club, I think just so the members have a place to go. I think campus is so fragmented right now. Yeah, it would be nice to like know that there's a place to see your friends and like eat with your friends like that's one of the things i really miss is just like randomly bumping into random people that you love exactly but and not having to like organize like let's go and eat at x restaurant with x number of people you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's just so much more organic and that's what i love about princeton the community so hopefully that will be something to bring back yeah and just what yeah one more final thing with eating clubs i don't know if I mean, I assume this is how it's uh, how it is across the street. But at least I know specifically for Ivy, we got in last year as sophomores, and there were some seniors that I was looking for to get to know better. Mm. And then I, a month or two after we joined the clubs, everybody's got sent home. So there oh, goes getting to know the class of 2020. Yeah, the class right above us, we don't really know that well because again, we had only been members for two months, yeah. and so maybe we knew some of them from around campus, but for the most part, we're not as close with that year as we could be so that's another year that's like kind of a lost connection Mm -hmm. within our year i think i was able to join with a lot of people i knew going in so maybe we're closer than we normally would be but obviously not nearly as close as we would be in regular scenarios so there's a little bit of connection and then now that we have new sophomores zero connection to the sophomores yeah. and I don't know if, and I would assume none of the clubs have been able to make meaningful connections with the sophomores even if we've tried so I, it really is a pivotal and critical time next fall to at least have that time to get the get clubs to back to where they're supposed mm-hmm. to be and create that sort of culture so would you say that going in as VP that's your number one priority? Oh yeah I think I mean that's the thing it's like I feel it's difficult to get people interested in virtual stuff mm-hmm. and like for myself, I, I don't want to log in to like a, a meeting on my computer after I've been on my computer all day. Like it really is that in-person stuff that, you know, brings the vibes. It brings the amazing vibes that we all love. And that's the one thing I always love about eating at Ivy is like, you know, there's people coming in and there's always, there's always like a new table. Like I always thought that was a really great thing. Like having the, you know, file in and sit in the next available seat thing. Yeah. So I feel like you guys will hopefully be able to launch back in. I think the same for Canon as well. We have. We're kind of more fortunate in having some, you know, like organizations, like university organizations that like, are like kind of sorts in the club. So that does help with like the lateral, like knowing people in different yeah. grades. So I'm hoping that that can continue to be a thing. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. And, yeah. And just like one thing you touched about with the virtual interactions, I have been over trying to socialize on Zoom for probably like four or five months at yes. this point yes there's no point to it i when the one freshman that i spoke with the one freshman i had on the podcast mm-hmm. yeah day i asked him if any uh, virtual events have helped him make friends have been very helpful for him he was like absolutely not mm-hmm. he said he had oa virtually and can't name one single person in his oa group and that broke my heart no that, that is ex- does break my heart that is so sad like that, I mean, OA, honestly, I, I I mean, a lot of people have different opinions, but I, I loved, loved it, it yeah. for just the people in my group, honestly, for that little week. And the kids that I then was a leader for are still really close. And like my group, we may not be like 
a tight knit group, but like I still love the people. And you see them walking around, yeah, and you say, exactly. "What's up?" And you remember that connection of yeah. walking however many miles a day without showering. <laughs> yeah. and everyone gains one collective nasty smell that yep. you don't even realize because you just get so used to it. <laughs> so yeah, there's so so many little things that we're just hoping to to get be able back. to get back to a sense of normalcy right. soon. But yeah. um, so you were in the fall semester. Uh, could you speak a little bit about what you were up to? Yeah, definitely. I was in Georgia with a group of um, it's about 12 of us. Yeah, there was 12 of us when that was the most people there were. And we had two houses that were actually conveniently right next to each other. So it was like six people in each house, basically, roughly. Um, and yeah, it was just really, really great. I mean, Georgia is a whole different piece. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. that is <laughs> Honestly, like UGA, they're like completely normal. Like you'd we'd drive through town to like go and eat at a restaurant on like a Friday or Saturday night and like the place was just no COVID. COVID doesn't exist. It, oh, yeah, in some states COVID <laughs> has, never, has never really existed. It was crazy. It was like, what, this is, and it would like kind of, you'd feel kind of sad. You'd be like, this is happening here and we're not even on campus. That's like, exactly. This that, is so sad. Yeah. But I mean, I like, obviously that they're not acting in the, you know, and with the mindset of public safety. <laughs> yeah. So I'm also happy that we were not contributing to that. Like we would, we weren't doing what they were doing. So and that's well, okay. Let me just stop you right there. Cause <laughs> I had, like I said, Donovan was the last episode. The man was in South Carolina, described exactly what you described. And then he tried to say, but I, in my group, we were following all the guidelines. You don't have to lie. It's no, okay. I'm if we're not even were, lying though. I'm like being totally serious. So you were a masked up social distancing, we, gathering indoors with only like 10 people. Yeah. So literally it was like pretty much a part. So we had one group of neighbors next door. There were some random frat boys and we sort of got to know them a little bit. We don't, you know, we, we had like friendly relationship with them. They were our neighbors, you know? Um, and they had really cute dogs, but like aside from that, like we didn't go to the bars. We didn't like, we just, we, you know, we were just trying to like have our little slice of Princeton (laughs) in Athens, Georgia. (laughs) So it was very much like we had our like dye table out front and we were like, we painted with like Princeton and all like our little, you know, our teams and like little things that like it had a British flag on it, you know? Yeah. So we were definitely like. We were having a lot of fun. That's okay. what we okay. were doing and, um, stuff. But a lot more compliant with CDC regulations yes. than the yes, rest of basically. Georgia. You were in your own little bubble. Little bubble, yeah. And, and it how, was very cute. And how did y'all uh, decide on Georgia or Athens? So Athens, Julia, Georgia. my roommate actually, who may arrive back at any moment, I have no idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> she is from Athens. Okay. And it just seemed logical because we also wanted to train is the okay. other thing. And Georgia is, despite obviously there's a lot of stuff going on there mm-hmm. but it's still open for like gyms and we could throw and like Katie and people were, were tr- like running so it was still like it was logical in terms of being able to actually get good practice in okay. basically fair enough which was good fair enough and were you able to so there's good facilities there and stuff for you yeah, to use I mean, you had we access would to use UGA like in their open hours like the track at UGA there was a great gym with with actually our gym the dude who owns the gym mm-hmm. he was in Thor Ragnarok which we found out like I know, isn't that insane? Okay. Yeah, it's so mental. But it's because they film all the Marvel stuff in Georgia. Really? And so I think they just posted an advert. I wouldn't know that. So that's a new... I learned so every podcast I record, I learned something new. I didn't know they filmed a lot of Marvel. Yeah, it's mad. So apparently there's this bar called... uh, It's like a brewery called Creature Comforts Brewery. And that was like their favorite, like all the Marvel cast's favorite beer. And if you watch the scene where like Thor is fat, where he's walking through, he has a beer in his hand. Uh And it's that beer, the Creature Comforts Tropicana beer. Here's me advertising for them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we get sent some beer. Whatever. Anyway. But yeah, no, it's kind of crazy. We were like, oh my God, we're part of some Marvel history now. Oh, gotcha. That's pretty yeah. cool. 
And so, okay, another thing. I once actually mentioned this in our intro. But do you remember when it was one night at dinner at Rocky and it was me, you, and Max? I do remember this. And we spoke about starting a podcast. Yes, I remember this so, so I don't. Tough. I just, I don't, first of all, I don't remember the content of the conversation. No. Nope. But I just remember it being such a funny conversation that covered so many different topics. And we were like, we bring three good perspectives to whatever issue could be talked about and I so agree. i still agree with that I, I, honestly <laughs> i still agree also i just wanted to bring that up and say that i've now had max on he was episode number two i'm now having you on episode I number know. 10 maybe down the line there's space for a our, episode our, 20 max and louisa or i was gonna say we just start our own podcast oh but yeah. at this point i think everyone's everyone and their mom starts their own podcast which <laughs> honestly though i don't even I think podcasting is like like music making now mm-hmm. at this point. I agree. Or even just like just what something that's so common that you look at it initially cuz first of all podcasting is still very new. It's probably like in its 10th 11th year of being yeah. like a very like a thing that people do. Mm-hmm. So it's still relatively new, so obviously a lot of people are going to be getting into it. A new podcast is going to be popping up and it's going to become so mainstream and normal as listen to music and the way audiobooks have become such a prevalent thing i think audio is the way that we're going to be taking in a lot of info yes so for anyone hating on people making podcasts mind your business hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. also none of them have the same artistry that you do i listen and i'm like this boy knows the questions he Thank knows you. what he's doing see i have my little journal here i come prepared look at all yep, these questions he is no, notes across <laughs> notes across both pages so honestly either Yes, one, we're going to do a little joint episode yep. with the three of us. Or we just say, fuck it, spin-off. and start our own podcast. A spinoff from Go With The Flow. There we go. Go With The Flow, Louisa and Max. <laughs> <laughs> we'll become, be a little little more creative with the I would love that. It would probably be pretty heated. But I feel like people like to hear, oh, you yeah. know, heated Yes, honestly, you're right. So far on this podcast, I've the conversations have been nice and friendly, good yep. content. But not enough, not enough mm, like spice. Not enough spice. Not enough <laughs> argument. Not enough disagreement. The second you put Max in a room with anybody, with anybody, yes. But particularly, like I am incapable of having a nice conversation. <laughs> with that boy. It's unbelievable. It's, it's pretty, but you know, so it would be fun. Could listen to the arguments, pick a side. Down the line, exactly. That one will not be allowed to be a friendly podcast. It'll just be like topic. We gotta Go. argue. We can't agree. But yeah. yeah, I just wanted <laughs> exactly. to to quickly mention that. But um, the next thing that I want to talk about with you is you mentioned to me that you were supposed to do an internship similar to what the one I did after mm-hmm. freshman summer. Could, yeah. So could you just describe what that was supposed to be like? Yeah, of course. Um, so basically, it's a conservation club uh, internship where myself and I think two other interns would be teaching kids in rural villages in in and around Impala in Kenya about conservation. Because obviously, if you're teaching American kids about conservation especially like Serengeti and and Mara conservation, it's like, that's not applicable to their daily (laughs) lives, but these rural kids do have like an, you know, they're entrenched in that situation. So it's like about teaching these kids how to best move forward and be like custodians of their environment, which is, yeah, I mean, I was really looking forward to it and being in place, but 
unfortunately know the big yeet from the university yeah. but it is going to be remote so i'm still doing it just okay. i'm going to be doing it from a laptop screen probably in the uk so gotcha interesting and, and so everything that i'm about to say i don't mean to say to make <laughs> you feel bad about what you're missing out on because honestly i also had this because i was supposed to go to south africa last year through an i last summer through an iip oh, and that also got canceled yeah and i've just been very sad about honestly to this day i'm still i don't i'm I don't know when next I'm going to get go that opportunity that. again yeah. to just go two months out of the year, just focus on helping a bunch of nonprofits, doing some good work, having a good time, meeting new people. I don't know when I'm going to get that chance again. And so the reason that I brought up your internship is because I was actually at Lycipia <laughs> and Impala after freshman year, and I know how much... How much of a great, not, not even just fun, but how much of a learning experience and how much growth I got to experience as oh. a person. And when you, because when you first told me that you were going to be there also, I was so happy for you. Mm. And then when I saw the announcement a few, like a week or two ago that said that all travel this summer was still going to be remote, I was yeah instantly very sad for you. It's so sad. It's really sad. I was just like please like maybe a vaccine will be able to help but i think also i'm not really sure how the public health on the ground is right now so it you know in the end it will probably end up being the, the sensible option but it is a shame and yeah i used to live in kenya so yeah i was about to say yeah i didn't <laughs> yeah. i didn't even know that until right before you started we started recording and then you mentioned it and i was like save it for the podcast yep. so please now, <laughs> that, now that now that we're recording when did you live in Kenya? How long? Why? What so was... I lived in Kenya from the ages of, I want to say, I think I just turned eight and mm-hmm. then like almost 11. So it was that kind of end of uh, what you guys would be at elementary school, I guess, at that age. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was about the end of that. And oh, it was amazing. I lived in Kisumu, which is like right on Lake Victoria. And um, we lived there for two years. My mom was doing a PhD and okay. she was like, her data like collection was all happening because her PhD was in like malaria and, and public health research, basically. That's beside the point. It was insane. <laughs> it was just an insane experience. And it was like, I mean, we would go to this restaurant called Kiboko Bay, which Kiboko means hippo, if you mm. don't speak Swahili. Um, I, I actually took a little bit of Swahili. Hey, when, we, when we were there for those two months, we took Swahili classes. We started off strong, and then we just trolled off at the end. Cause yeah. so, so the way, wait, so, uh, no, get back to your story, then I'll get back to okay. my story. <laughs> well, was, well, we used to like, we'd go out on a boat, and the, the hippos would like bob up like 20 meters away, and everyone would be like, all right, fucking booking <laughs> those things will try and drown you they're more evil than lions and then they would be like they'd come out onto the shore like it was just ugh, kenya's an amazing place i completely agree with you and just like first of all with the hippos they told us that hippos were responsible for the most human deaths yeah. and i could not believe it i yeah. thought it would be some sort of big cat or mm-hmm. just anything else but it's fucking hippos yeah i mean you would think it wouldn't be but it's because they i mean the lake is right there especially mm-hmm. in kisumu the lake is right there and the hippos just live in the lake so, you know, it's not like it's a safari park. It's not like it's a cordon off area. Yeah. People fish on that lake yeah. and they are evil things. <laughs> to try and drown people. They're in, yeah, it's insane. But the, the trick, I don't know if people want a trick. If you ever find yourself being hunted by a hippo. Okay, I don't know how many people this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to apply to, but please go forward anyway. So they don't have knees, which means they can't change directions well. Oh. Like, sorry, knee joints. They have legs, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so if you run in a zigzag. Quick little stutter step. Yeah, I exactly. Can juke I could juke out a exactly. hippo. That ain't nothing. That's exactly That's, it. You've got to okay. duke out the hippo and you'll be fine. <laughs> Word. But um, so, just the way that 
so what I did was something through the Office of Religious Life, and it was me and three other students. And I actually want to have one of them on here and honestly just, like, talk about that for... Because it's something we could talk about for hours on end. Yeah, I'm sure. But just, like, a quick summary. We were teaching in three primary schools and one secondary school. But the way that it works is, so there's this Impala Research Center mm-hmm. just in the middle of... Uh, of Impala, of Lycopia County mm. and it's just a Princeton Research Center and so you always have grad students going there we had the head of the EEB department was there for a little yeah. bit there were some trustees who go there and so every summer there'll be some Princeton students there so it'll be the, it was the four of us through ORL there was the two two students who did the internship that you're doing mm-hmm. and then there were about five or six juniors and seniors who were doing their own independent research yeah. and so what it just lended itself to was just 12 to 13, like 12 to 15 of us Princeton students in the middle of Kenya. We didn't really have access, because it really is rural Kenya, yeah. so we didn't have access to much else. So you kind of get on the property. You can't leave because the animals will kill you. Like it's, no, the, no like, <laughs> yeah. we, we got these like security briefings. They're like, guys, don't walk around because the animals will get you. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's it. No, you win. But it was honestly insane. Such a good experience. I will say, and I always say this. When you're around so many people, or when you're around a group of people, the same group of people, without access to anything for an extended period of time, I all of a sudden understood how reality TV shows work, like Mm -hmm. Big Brothers and all that type of thing. Because the way drama would just spring up out of nowhere for no reason, it was just... We were so confused, like the drama, people hooking up, all these different oh sorts God, of things. I would say, if there was a camera crew following us around, most entertaining reality show you would ever I see. Mean, I would watch that, for it sure. Was <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> but basically, I, yeah, I don't want to speak too much about it, because I want to save that for another episode. But I do think that it's something that... And again, that was an, uh, an example of me pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I would have never thought that I would want to go to Kenya and spend two months, but it was something that I loved so much. Would probably do again. And yeah. recommend to anybody who is able to do some sort of internship to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Because that was just something that, like, I never taught before. I Did you vibe with it? I, okay, I said it was the start and end of my teaching career. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was great for me to realize that I, teaching is not for me. And I have the utmost respect for anyone who's able who to teach, it? especially little kids, because... I mean, it's a it's it's a grind. Our, our day started early. That is, yeah, this is what I was saying about Swahili. Is our day started like we probably like woke up at like seven eight, had mm-hmm. to get to school, and then we were there till like two three p.m. And they set up the Swahili class at like four o'clock for like right when we got back. And it got to the point that we were so exhausted, and we're like, we just couldn't do it. We're not going to these classes. Sorry. Yeah, I I could see that. Like that same summer, I was in Vietnam teaching mm-hmm. kids, but only for three weeks. Much <laughs> yeah. time. We were teaching them. I was teaching them baseball and biology, mm-hmm. and I mean the kids are just like. And also, I don't speak Vietnamese. <laughs> so we have like so it was uh, like the American coaches it was called and the mm-hmm. Vietnamese coaches, and that was it was great. But yeah, the kids are like hyperactive. Maybe high energy. It is ridiculous. It was I, crazy. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that is the reason that I brought brought Kenya up. So, and then the, there was this article that I wanted to talk to you about real quick. And it was an email that we got from Otis. And it says, new guidelines for limited in-person student organization activity. So I saw that and I was like, interesting. Are they about to say we could have more than two people in our rooms? What are they about to say? And I click on it. And the general gist of of the email is that going forward, you can schedule 
social gatherings through Clever, but they have to still basically no rules have changed other than the fact that you have to social you have to organize these uh, gatherings through Clever. And so some <laughs> examples of activities that may be approved according to this are coffee chats, one on one mentoring, walks or hikes with a fixed list of attendees, or photo or video shoots involving one group member and one photographer. What? Can you explain to me how this changes anything that also, we've been doing so far? It doesn't sound like it changes anything. It sounds like it makes it seem like you need to schedule your social life through the university. That's what that sounds like to me. That is exactly what that sounds like. And I read that, and the head the heading made me so excited. I was like, oh, they're actually about to change things. And then I saw that they were just asking us to schedule what we've already been doing. And I was just, I've lost, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired too, man. It's just so, like... It's very difficult to know that your friends are nearby and find it difficult to meet up with them because you are worried about, I mean, safety, of course, but also just the optics of it. And just, I don't know, I, I, there's so many people that I want to see, but of course, like, you know, you move between your room, whatever place on campus you're allowed on to, the library, and that's sort of it right now. <laughs> and the, like, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people being reported and it's, it, it is scary. It's it very is, scary. It is very scary. And as someone living on campus, it is scary. You never know who's, even just, I was at the gym yesterday and I've, there's someone in my building who I went to high school with actually. And he comes up to me, he's like, yo, I've heard that in Spelman, there's been some instances of people reporting each other. So just be real careful. And I was like, Oh, I thought we would be doing better in like the mm-hmm. upperclassmen housing. I thought the snitching was like an underclass activity, but I guess not. I no one is immune from it. No, I mean I've heard of I've heard of groups being reported more than once. I mean it's just very it's kind of disheartening, isn't it, to think like I mean I think part of it is that people obviously report. I would imagine because they feel like their safety is at threat. Yeah, and it's just sad to know that there are some people who are abiding by the. I mean, from all I've heard, there are people abiding by the guidelines and who are still getting reported. And it's just sad to think those people's lives could possibly be ruined by that. And I know it goes both ways. It's just very, it's, it's, it's just, this whole situation is just bit of a <laughs> bit of a car crash, honestly. <laughs> and as such, you, you said, and I've said, you're one of the most social people that I know. How would you say that this semester has affected your ability to sort of just be yourself and just be out there as much as you normally would? It's definitely difficult as I'd li- I literally love just moving around campus and knowing that you're going to see like three people on your way to your next class and be like, oh my God, hey, what's up? And like, you know, it, that's one of the things I love about Princeton is that it really is a community. Like there's just that many of us, there's always someone new to meet, but there also is like the same faces and, yeah, it's just a shame that that doesn't seem to necessarily be the case right now. Like, I feel just feel bad for freshmen. You know, I think a lot of them have been making great friendships, and I'm so happy to see that. Like one of my colleagues who I work with, the eco reps, she's seems to be having a great time. But I just know what you can be like, and that's sad. That's exactly. They don't. They don't know what they're missing out on. Yeah. So I don't. Th- other than the one freshman who I had on, I, I let him know everything he was missing out on. <laughs> <laughs> but but the rest of the freshmen, I think, is good for them to not. To, to not really know what they're missing out on. Although I will say, because I have to go through tire confessions for the little segment that I do on the show, and that probably is the majority of of confessions is from freshmen saying, 
I was expecting a lot out of college, and it's not what I expected, mm-hmm. and I don't have any friends. And I just want, I, I don't want to respond. I don't respond. This is my way of responding, but yeah. I just want to be like, trust me, this is not what things are normally like. No, I know. This is not representative no, of college cool. or of Princeton, and things will get so oh. much better. Like, I just want to tell these kids, like, just hold on. Like, oh, just hold on, exactly. Just hold on. Just things hold will on open up. A little bit longer. And I, it's I, heartbreaking to hear that people think they don't have friends. That's really heartbreaking. Some of the, some of the, yeah, some of the posts are really sad. And even some of the ones that I've talked about on the show have been really sad. And I have some screenshotted for whenever else. But, yeah, some of them are like, yeah, wow. I want to go home. No one likes me. I thought I was expecting so much more from this. And I got nothing out of it. Why did I waste my time coming here? Oh my gosh. It's bad. Well, that's a fun, fun, <laughs> fun section of the podcast. Yeah, no, every time oh I get God. to it, I'm like, damn. It's that mostly tragic. The ones I have for later are not, actually, well, I actually kind of relate, <laughs> so we we will get to that. I'll table that. Yes, okay. And now, another thing that I want to get into is um, you being British, of course. Hey, You're you know. You're second British person that I've had on the show after Max. That's not very much. <laughs> we, we need to up, up the ante No, because like, there's a lot of y'all here, so I really could have every single guest be British. Uh, be British. Yeah. So, first question for you on this topic is, could you just... Describe what the transition from Oxford Oxford to Princeton was like for you, especially culturally. Like, what was the biggest yes. culture shock in coming to America? I definitely can do that. Well, the thing I always remember very, very keenly is coming on my official visit because I was hit. I was in America for literally forty eight hours uh-huh. and then like flew back, <laughs> yeah. which was crazy. And I got here, and a our athletic director for um for track, he that he's the former athletic director. He took me to Princeton Pie, okay. R.I.P. No R.I.P. No longer. <laughs> Although proof, proof Pizza took its. Spot yeah, and it's killing yeah, the game. Highly recommend everyone yep. go to Proof Pizza. <laughs> I, honestly, every everyone I promo on here should be giving me. Free, I, I know. I was just gonna say, where's the money? Where is the money? Well, the free honestly, pizza. once the once the listenership goes up, they'll they'll hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I. So he got me uh, what I thought was a small pizza, and I. So I don't know what I was expecting, and this is so trivial. But in in England, a small pizza would be like just put your fingers together uh-huh. and just widen it out a little bit, and that's pretty much how a small pizza would look. This thing was like this; it was large. It was like my arms, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, I see how I'm gonna get fat yeah. if I end up coming here. This is insane. Like that's everything's bigger here. That's yeah. the one thing I'd say. But Oxford, see, I'm kind of spoiled. I live every time I go back. I'm like, wow, I live in the most beautiful place it is you know it's just on another level of beauty so that's the it's interesting princeton is amazing princeton beautiful. is gorgeous yes but oxford is on some mad level i mean it's been there since like i want to say 900 like 900 ad like oh, some okay. of the buildings All the are back. old okay like wow. hella old yeah it's some it's some crazy shit basically so size is different I'm spoiled in terms of Oxford, so, uh-huh. <laughs> I, but, yeah, no, I mean, England is an interesting, amazing place. If people haven't been, go. It's definitely, you handle everything with sarcasm in England. That's pretty much how we handle ourselves. A lot of banter. A lot of banter, <laughs> lot of banter. yeah. Which I'll- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Banter, the way you said it. Banter. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I would say our, our government are... They fucking suck. So, you know, there's part of me, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to be here right now and not having to deal with Boris Johnson looking at me through a TV screen, telling me to be inside when I know that he's a dickhead. (laughs) It's just, everything is just like, oh, whatever. I honestly don't know enough about British politics to respond to that, (laughs) but I, I... 
automatically believe you. But honestly, you said the size of food is trivial. It is not trivial. <laughs> I agree with you. People, the amount of food that gets consumed in this country, it is absolutely, it is Oh absurd. my God, it's insane. There is a reason that there is a, a an obesity issue, I will say. I do not disagree. I don't, there's that. never been like a, a, I don't, just something about portions. There's, yeah. there's no portion control which could it could go a long way to say that (laughs) there's no reason you should be able to get like the four for four like all these different little cheap menus or items at fast food that yeah Yeah. not not the most healthy large amounts of food so yeah and so okay so portions was one thing that you noticed and then so this sort of a, a different question what was your stereotypical view of first america and then American colleges, and how has New Jersey and then Princeton University matched up to those different expectations? Mm, good question. Well, in terms of my stereotypical view of America, I think it was slightly swayed because when I did live in Kenya, there was a lot of American expats who lived there, so I was okay. friends with a lot of American people. So I wasn't like necessarily like, oh my gosh, everyone's so culturally different to me because I've kind of grown up you know, around Americans before. But what I would say is that Princeton University is not like, you know, like we see all the videos of like crazy frat parties and like just mad stuff like Glee. Like that was one of the TV shows Glee? I remember watching. Being that like, was high school. Glee I know. But <laughs> I was like, Glee was looking high at school. it and being like, is that what their high school is like? Honestly, That's insane. Um, is, I mean, no one breaking out in song. We, we would have made fun <laughs> of sure? them for that. That's a little weird. Well, high school musical. <laughs> More than one. Fair enough. Okay, and I do Clearly want to ask school. Fair enough. Uh, mm, okay, fair. <laughs> although Glee was high school, although kind of, yeah, a little bit accurate, I will say. This is the thing. Like, I, I just assumed. Well, I didn't assume it would be like that. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that was like maybe a, a, a like an actual experience on steroids. Yeah. Which is probably it's kind of why I imagined it to be right. Yeah. But Princeton is just yeah, it's <clears> amazing. <throat> I mean, we're so fortunate to be in this crazy community, you know. So I definitely love it. I'm very, I think this is where I was meant to be mm-hmm. for university, for sure. Definitely. Um, but so yeah, no, I think it's great. But my stereotypical <laughs> view of Americans, I mean, we hear so much about the gun stuff, which we don't need to get into. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's, you know, very Trumpy. It's like for the last like five years, that's the headline in the UK, like yeah. about America. So that would be, if you landed today in England <laughs> and you said I'm American that is what they would ask you about gotcha right so that's that's basically the through line <laughs> of what people think is going on here honestly that's fair enough. and have we have we lived up to those expectations no? well Georgia was its own beast but for the most part Princeton that is not in my experience at all which mm. I'm very glad about as you can probably tell with the hating Boris Johnson comment yeah and so you just said that you uh Princeton's a place for you this is the right college you made the right choice where were you did you always know that you were going to come to school in america or was did did you sort of make your decision based on track and track sort of led you to wherever school that you would go yes to? it definitely was that like track like it was very much like the idea of america came up we didn't we kind of looked into it kind of didn't and then it just sort of fell in place which is amazing like contacted the coach and then yeah it just sort of spiraled that ended up that i was here like it wasn't it wasn't ever like a set decision but I'm so glad it happened the way it happened because also then I didn't have to have the stress of like that I hear my teammates have of like trying to like tell Harvard no I'm not going to you Harvard <laughs> or like whatever whichever school they were also being recruited by I'm so glad I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff because I would have been a mess I would have been a mess trying to do that so yeah no and I think it just it worked out well but yeah track was definitely one of the 
the guiding lights, just trying to find a good place to be mm-hmm. for it. Which and, is, yeah. And so does that mean that the recruiting process is different since you're international? You just sort of, how, well, how does it work compared to what you said your teammates had to do? So in, for the most part, it wouldn't be so, like, I, there's, I have a lot of English friends who came to America and they would, they were being recruited by, like, various different schools, but I was only being recruited by Princeton. Okay. So for me, it was like, that was the only choice, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I was also looking into UK options and stuff. Um, so, yeah, no, but, like, my teammates, I mean, they would have been, if you're in America, you start getting emails and letters from coaches from such a young age. So that's, like, its own minefield. And mm. taking, like, multiple officials. Like, I was just, I only had one, so mm. I didn't have anything to compare it to. But other people were like, oh, my gosh, Harvard was so weird or <laughs> Yale was really weird and, like, Princeton was the obvious choice, you know? Honestly, though, I think that is an ass because, obviously, no varsity athlete, but I think being recruited it seems like a fun process to me and be the thing that you just described is what you wouldn't want to do having to go on all those visits i think that is something that would appeal to me and just being able to travel and get different experiences and really see what where you get where where you really belong because mm-hmm. i think the closest thing that i had to that was when i think it, the way i don't know how different applications process processes are in england <laughs> but um when it's my senior spring, it was like the start of my senior mm-hmm. spring, and I had started getting my acceptances to a bunch of different schools. You know, you know, got into a few places. And so <laughs> I would visit these schools. So I did this thing at Duke called BSA. I was the Black Student Alliance Invitational. Fantastic program. That I still speak sick. about it too much to this day. Got to meet so <laughs> many, so many dope people that I'm still in contact with right oh, now. That's awesome. But I was there for like three, four days. Got to see how I enjoyed that campus. Loved it. And a different life. Duke is for me. Um, yeah. Also got to go up to Cornell and stay there overnight. Went up to Pittsburgh, which was I visited Pittsburgh because I was like the first university that accepted me. So I was like, I respect gotta it. Go. Shout out to y'all. Gotta go. <laughs> going to get it to go to Princeton Preview. All the, just the different experiences. I actually really enjoyed that. So I think that I would imagine that oh, on yeah. the athletic side of things, that would be even so much more funner because they try to show you such a good time, mm-hmm. don't they? they so, yes, I think I would have enjoyed going on more recruiting trips, but just choosing between the different places would have been difficult because yeah. they do try and show you the best time. Yeah. And so it would be like, oh my gosh, but I loved everything. I don't know where <laughs> yeah. I want to be. And I'm definitely like that. I'm not like a picky person, so I probably would been like, oh my gosh, it was all amazing. What do I do? But yeah, Princeton. Yeah, no. The stories you hear about recruiting trips are like SEC schools and uh-huh. stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clemson has a slide, a slide in their football facility. Wow. Isn't that insane? That is insane. Like, there's just stuff like that. And you're like, wow, that's a different world <laughs> like, yeah. from anything. Yeah. Uh, you, no, you're so right. I do. I have seen some of those videos. Like, Kansas basketball, the facilities that they have, Alabama football, Duke yeah. basketball, mm-hmm. the amount of money that's poured into these programs. That's like, honestly, I if I could have any athletic experience... Like, I got to pick anything, like, be an NBA athlete for a year, be a football, like, whatever. I would be either Duke basketball or Alabama football. Those are the experiences that I would take for, like, a, a season. Because I think as a college athlete, it's not, a, not at Princeton, because, like, Prin- Princeton doesn't prioritize sports the way that everyone else yeah, does. Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you go to those places and those people, like, that is the thing that everyone in that area cares about. So they're basically the biggest celebrities that exist, and they get to play sports at the high level, and they have all these perks. Yeah. So for me, that is the 
the that sporting experience awesome. that I would that I would take if I could. See, it's interesting because now I'm doing all of this reading about racism for my JP and mm. specifically in like sport. And I just read one that I think is about Alabama football. Tell me and more. Tell me more. Yeah, I know. And it, it, well, the the whoever the author was, I can't remember her name, but um, had like changed the name of the school because of liability issues, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, it was talking about how black male athletes feel that they are trapped within this basically racist system mm-hmm. in which you're like you know you are treated as an athlete but you are an athlete you're there as a student athlete but you know the student is very much like you're told that that's not you're here for the playbook was one of the things in it and yeah. i think for yeah it would be an amazing opportunity but it there's there's definitely aspects of being a student athlete particularly those kind of institutions which is like very nuanced and crazy and i yeah i completely agree with you and i was looking at it from the very simplified version but honestly when you do delve into their lives i think there is so much to it for instance um i don't know how much you're into college basketball and march madness and all that (laughs) not massively not massively yeah but so there was this team ohio state so in short very good team not expected to lose in the first round they lose in the first round to one of the worst teams, one of the biggest upsets to ever happen in the tournament. Oh, God. And then one of the players, one of the star players, he, like, posts this, these tweets about the messages that he's getting in his DMs. And it's just, like, death threats. And people oh, calling him the N-word and all those those sorts of things. That, again, you would never think... Because even when I said people... That's, like, the, the good and the bad side yeah, to it. Exactly. Is that when you're doing amazing, everyone loves you. But when you're doing badly, these people who are pieces of shit... Come and out have the woodwork. Nothing better to do in their lives. They come at you online... I know. So I yeah I would I definitely don't think that they have an easy experience at all. I think that is a common misconception. People yes, think that these that these kids have it all because they are kids. They are our ages, but the amount of pressure that they put they're put yeah. on there and the amount of scrutiny and the amount of backlash that they get when they don't perform, I do think is absolutely absurd. I mean, I didn't even think I was going to ask you this. I didn't even have this on my list. Ooh. But on that topic, because it sounds like it relates to your JP also, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on? paying uh, college athletes are you are you allowed to speak about that as an athlete I don't know I see this is the thing eligibility is like there's like a there's like a 400 page rule book of okay things that we okay so I'm not gonna do. okay maybe well, I don't know I'm okay. not really sure how it works but what I do know is I don't want to get you in trouble so don't say anything you're not supposed to <laughs> <I know. laughs> well what I do know is that in that same paper that I was reading they referenced uh, a guy also who had been in March Madness whose team I think won I think it was UConn a couple of yes, years ago yes it was oh uh, wait I know the name was you're his name Sean Kem- Kemble Walker was it Kemble no it was no it was ha- oh Shabazz Shabazz Napier yes exactly yes, Shabazz Napier I remember that exactly. story yes. yes and him saying that he goes to bed hungry yes yes yes, and, yes. which is just like absurd right there you're seeing an athlete that is working extremely hard to produce the best results but isn't actually being supported by this apparent pedestal that he's on in i pedestal in quotes so yeah i mean i mean when you're looking at athletes like that princeton is its own beast but like athletes like that who are like completely dependent on their institution for you know everything but and also micromanaged by their institution you would you would hope to see some change. Like people should not be going to, to school or to bed hungry. Like yeah. that's the bottom line. Especially the people who are generating millions and millions and millions of dollars. Exactly. I, I literally just saw the stat where it's like the the men's March Madness tournament. I think generates something like eight hundred million for. Honestly, wait. Let me look at this number. I have my laptop right here. I might as <laughs> well fact check myself. Uh, revenue of March I mean, Madness. It's yearly. definitely insane. It is a stupid amount. 
the NCA revenue Jumbo. totaled 519 million. Wait, no, that's <laughs> no. This is saying how much they lost because of COVID. Um, bit, okay, so I'm seeing a stat that 75 percent of NCAA revenue comes from March, March Madness. See, that's <clears throat> so I'm not seeing the insane. amount of like the dollar amount, but that is insane. That is insane across is insane. all the sports and across like yeah, every and I, tournament. Yeah, and actually, I just there's another stat that I saw that I think. And this one I saw a while ago, but I think the only, for for most schools, the only profitable sports are football and basketball, and those tend to cover the cost of everything else. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw that same. So it's like, <clears throat> pay these kids the money. Uh, Even if you can't say it, I'm going to say it. It's my <laughs> podcast. I'm not an athlete. They can't tell me what to say. It is absurd that... that I know. Student athletes don't get paid, and even in the same NCAA tournament, there's this whole move. For, we'll get to the women's issue in a second. I, that is that, insane that, as well. Also, blatantly, <laughs> egregiously insane. But on the men's side, what the, their own little like movement that they're doing is like they they have shirts to say hashtag not NCAA property because mm. sort of like you should look into that for your yeah, JP. I actually will. That's yeah, Thanks. that's a look little movement that. that's going friends on. Friends helping friends. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, they they were in these shirts to say not NCAA property because they get work so hard, get so much money made off of them, and they get nothing in return. But on the woman's side, did you see everything oh, that was yeah. going on with the treatment oh, and their yeah. from the bubble to bubble? I mean, that is. Honestly, one of the saddest things I've seen. That one tiny rack of dumbbells. Yeah, yeah. And just so for anyone listening who hasn't seen the story, um, for both for the March Madness tournaments, the men are in Indianapolis and the women are in San Antonio. And the men for their workout facilities, they have basically like a whole gym with Mm -hmm. dumbbells, any type of waste that you could get. And for the women in San Antonio, they had literally one mini set of dumbbells and one like stretching table and a few yoga mats and that was the extent of their equipment it was honestly harrowing to see and it was i mean just it shows like a blatant disregard for what female athletes need like it's not like a female athlete doesn't need to do weights like that's an insane proposition yeah in anywhere and then when you do you see the follow-up video that she sent out the i can't remember what that athlete's name was the, i know she oregon. plays for oregon i don't yeah. remember her name let I me honestly we could google these things yeah, <laughs> <we can. laughs> but she like her in her follow-up video you know they they then got in some racks but it still was in no way com- comparable to the men's like setup in yeah. any way yeah and then I, there was also like a, a letter that one of the um, coaches had sent out, which was like basically thank you NCAA for showing your blatant disregard. Yeah. Oh, 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 there it is. Her name is Sedona Prince. Sedona Prince. Yes. Sedona Prince. Sedona Prince. Yes. Awesome human being. I mean, that's great that at least she's using that. You know, that they weren't taking it lying down. Yeah. They were speaking out about it, but it also shouldn't be the case that the athlete has to speak out. About that's it. the thing. And here's that's. You wonder about the decision makers who do this, and obviously to do it is one is a fucked up thing. But to do it in such a blatant way yeah. is just makes it so much more disrespectful. <laughs> I don't know insane. if they think that no one will find out that they in the, find out about the contrast in the experiences that that the men are getting versus the women. I don't know how they rationalize it to themselves to think that no one is going to say anything about it. And I'm just. The decision makers in high places are used. They could be so stupid at times. I'm completely out of touch. And I'm even, so confused by that. So confused. 
Like how you think that in this particular moment in time you're not gonna you're gonna get away with that? Of course you're not. Yeah. Are you dumb? That yeah. makes no sense to me. Yeah, honestly, I don't even know how we got here, but I'm glad we got into it. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even have this as one of the topics that I wanted to talk about, I but I love it. Um, okay, and so kind of transitioning a little bit into effects of COVID on our college experiences. Um, first question. After we got sent home for myself, I've talked about this on a few podcasts. I start looking back and I'm like, there's so much more I could have done. There's so many things that I could have done differently. So for you, do you think that there's anything? Keep it in mind. Mm-hmm. So if you know that if you if you know COVID is coming, what would I have done? What would you have done differently over the first two point seven five years mm-hmm. of your Princeton or just your college experience? Is there any, is there anything you would have done differently? I don't think so. I think I was very fortunate in having like a very full experience here and that's great to hear you know i think i'm just you know i was extremely sad to be sent off and was also like everyone very ignorant to how long this was gonna last (laughs) um so yeah i don't think there is anything i would do would have done differently no really maybe maybe go to late meal a bit more (laughs) (laughs) you already late meal all the time But yeah, no, no, honestly, I don't think there is. Wow, that is, I first, I love that answer. That is good. That shows that you've been doing college the way college is supposed to be done and sort of taking full advantage. But I don't think most people would be able to say the same thing. Yeah, and I'm sure that's the case. And, I'm, and you know, there's also probably things I would remember after we speak, being like, yeah, maybe I would do that differently. I definitely would do the quarantine, like, space of time differently i think i would would put less stress on myself to do the work as as, as much as i was you mean like schoolwork yeah like when we were immediately kicked off oh yeah i uh, no, actually no, i don't actually agree because i just checked out <laughs> i i i have not really i've reverted back to high school ways and just doing things to get them done for the grades since we've got sent home yeah I and agree. it's that's it's just such a shame but that's just the way that i've been my grades have been good they've been like but as far as like enjoyment of learning, I don't. I think yeah, that's the gone. enjoyment is definitely different. I mean, it's been a huge learning curve, though. I really think that this year I've learned a lot more than my past like four years of being like an adult, mm-hmm. or three years of being an adult. Like, like you've learned because of like through school or just like just life I think or... life in general, like okay. just see the like the way we're kind of forced to see the world during COVID is very different. Yeah. Like I think you'll you learn to communicate better if because otherwise it's not gonna your like, point you is will lose across. relationships. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah. Like communication is key, hundred percent. And then just also some of the you know, the positions that people in power are put into because of the pandemic and because of after George Floyd's death, like everything that happened at that precise moment, I think we see the way the world relates to many groups of people mm-hmm. and learning from that and knowing where to position yourself within this crazy like landscape is is definitely an invaluable experience. I'm very glad, like I think I was ignorant of a lot of things before this pandemic and of the way the world like sees like me, like I'm a person of a mixed race. And yeah. It's just an interesting, it's, it's definitely been an interesting learning curve, this experience. So I'm definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad of it in that regard. Um, but I, I ultimately, I obviously would prefer the pandemic never happened. Yeah. And yeah, and just the one thing that I'll say about that is I know that when some people will say things like, oh, the pandemic was a blessing in disguise and other people sort of get mad at them for saying things like that. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with those types of statements. Obviously, everyone acknowledges that 
this is probably like the worst yeah. thing that's happened. This you know, is one of the worst things that has happened happened in our lifetime, tragic. and a lot of the events that happened over the course of the pandemic are some of the worst things we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's very valid for people individually to realize that they were able to still have either great learning experiences or due to the time that they got to spend with their family in close proximity, they got better relationships. Yeah, just to to grow as a person, do whatever. I think it's very valid for people to. To be able to say things like, yes, I, in the midst of everything going on, I had a blessed year in 2020. I don't think there's anything wrong with no, that. No, no, I agree. I think, I think, I think we've all had a perspective shift, certainly. Mm-hmm. But it is terrible to keep seeing, like yesterday, we were having a discussion at that table over there and like the people, the rates of people dying is still so high. And yeah. that's just um, like unbelievably tragic. And a lot of it's just, you know, there's mismanagement left, right and center. And it's extremely sad. And then you just add that to the list of mismatchment across the board. It's like, oh God, we live in an interesting time. But I don't. How I have hope that our generation will hopefully be attuned to where we can improve on our predecessors. I like that, and, and we got approaches. a little bit, and we got a little bit sad and a little bit. Yeah. Deep. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's I did. I did I, in the intro for the podcast. I did say that sometimes we will have deeper, more substantial conversations, yeah, and everything. No needs to be spoken about um I totally agree with that and so last thing before i get into the little cute uh british slang <laughs> test that i wanted to this do a big shift. actually i know yeah two more <laughs> things is just on this next topic or sort of similar topic yeah in the event that things are fingers crossed knock on wood back to normal next year what would you say you're looking forward to just going in and taking advantage of doing the most okay so this is gonna sound trivial again it's food Cannon, Bill, our chef, he's awesome. Shout out to Bill. Shout out to Bill. Um, he, Bill Conrad, awesome. Uh, there's this sandwich at Cannon. It's called the Kuna Burger, and I miss it so much. Okay. It's like salmon, pineapple, avocado. It sounds weird. I love it. I tried to recreate it. I could not, and I miss that so much. But yeah, just having that with a group of people around a table. I cannot wait. I, I love. Cannot I cannot lo- wait. I love all your answers. First of all, second of all, <laughs> I yeah. I've heard. I've always heard so much about the food at Canon. Was looking forward to meal exchange with people. Now that I know you, I know oh, yeah. now that you're VP, I'm in, yeah. Meal exchanges are happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will be eating at Canon. You don't have to eat. Either, no, absolutely. You, like, oh, I would love to. Eat <laughs> okay, work. <laughs> no, I don't let go there. <laughs> Pull up. Yes, I've been looking forward to trying food elsewhere. I've only eaten at three of the clubs right now. And I would like to... There we go. We've got to expand your horizons. Exactly. I will. Okay. So, um, I put together a list of British slang terms. Oh, yeah? Because there's a lot of British people on this campus. When y'all get to talking to each other, I don't know what y'all be talking about. I can't hold you. It sounds like a different language. That's so and actually, quick question on this topic. Do you watch the show Peaky Blinders? Uh, okay. So, I've seen the first... One and a half seasons, and then for some reason I haven't finished it. But I love Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy when he was in it. What a legend! Great show. What a legend. Great show. The reason that I bring it up is when I watch that show, I need subtitles. I'm not surprised by that. When you watch it, do you need subtitles? I do not need subtitles. Okay, and I've heard that from British, other British people. They don't need subtitles when they watch that show, but I cannot understand a single word. And they speak English. Well, they are speaking English, but oh, they're yeah. speaking a, a sub-genre that is called the Brummy accent. Yeah, it is, it's, it's different. And then also, the show Top Boy, I watched that show. So much slang. After I watched that for like a week, I was trying to speak like I was like, in it fine. Every other, every other <laughs> sentence, I was just trying to use British slang. And so I found, I found British slang very fascinating. 
fascinating. And so I compiled a very short list of yes, some slang I found, and I'm just I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to quiz you. I don't know how obscure you've gone. And with then this. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to have you ask me for some. Okay, first word is knackered. Oh, knackered. Yeah. Knackered. I'm fucking knackered. That means I'm absolutely tired. I, like, I could pass out on a bench. That's how tired I am. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, snog. What is it? What is a it? Snog is like, um, hmm, how do I want to put this? Snog is like a kiss with tongues. Oh. Yeah. I hate the word snog. I think it's terrible. Like, I just don't like how it like hits my mouth, you know? Snog. Ugh. I always hated saying that. You're two for two. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, bloke. What the hell is a bloke? A bloke. You're a bloke. I'm a bloke. Is that Max a- is a bloke. You know, just a bloke. It's like a man. Like oh, a, okay. it's kind of a colloquial term for a man. Okay, that's what's up. That's you know? what's up. Um, uh, wanker. Wanker. Know, you're bloody wanker. <laughs> that's the one that Hama. Shout out to Andrew. <laughs> shout out Andrew. Literally always says that when I'm random every time. Um, wanker is like you know it's an insult. It means. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favorite insults. I, I, I love that word too. Do we want to? How graphically do we want to explain what it means? I don't know. What's up? How 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 graphically do you want to explain what it means? Not too graphically. PG thirteen. Okay, PG thirteen. <laughs> um, well, I feel like the word masturbate is PG thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. that's what that is. Okay, uh, this is one that I actually heard from Max's brother the other week, and I oh, saw yeah. when I looked up. Fit bird. What is fit, fit bird? bird? Okay, there's two things to break down there. Yes, please. I used to say fit all the time when I came here. Uh-huh. Fit, like in England, it means well, obviously, obviously, it means like to be in good health, good shape, whatever. Uh-huh. But it also means to be extremely attractive. And I did not know this, and I <laughs> I love that, and that's that's gonna be my new go-to word. Yes, no, I used to, and people look at me like, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he definitely looks athletic. <laughs> like, like, no, about? he's very attractive. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so that's what fit is. And bird is like what people would say about a girl. Like bird is like chick, basically. Okay. That's what it is. Fit bird. So yeah. attractive girl. Yeah. And what yeah. is attractive guy? So I could know if I'm walking by a group of British girls and they're talking about me and saying, like, I need See, to know no, what they're saying. Know, this is the thing. Like, there's there's a lot more descriptors for women, right? And we could get into the uh, whole one. Yeah, issues. that's, yeah, that's, So yeah. you would say, you, you probably wouldn't, there isn't, like, necessarily. Fit bloke. Yeah, fit bloke. <laughs> exactly, fit bloke. I'm like, learning. Let's go. I wouldn't say bloke necessarily, but yeah, like, fit guy, whatever, you know. Uh, but what I usually actually say is painting. Peng Ting. Isn't that the name of a song? That's a song. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. There is, there's definitely songs. Because Peng is similar to Fit and it means like incredibly attractive. I like these so much better than <laughs> this. is good. This is good. Peng and Fit. Every, honestly, I'm going to incorporate those into the title of this episode. Oh, somehow. yeah. Let's do that. I love that. Okay. Beautiful. Peng Ting. But food can also be Fit a peng. Bird. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you could be like, oh, that was a Peng Burger. Interesting. Peng Guy. Peng Burger. Okay. Okay. This one. And describe, please, PG 13 or PG. Shag. Shag. Okay, shag. Um that is to have sex basically is what oh. it is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, these are great. I uh, I'm gonna try over the next week I'm gonna try to just exclusively use these words. For the and listeners, then, Flo is extremely delighted with this. Yeah, His yeah. face is lit up. He's lit up for this. Okay, and then the last one the last one is probably the single most overused word by all you Brits. Oh no, what is it gonna be? Calm. Calm. What calm. the hell does calm even mean? Because it is used every other sentence to describe <laughs> every single thing. That's why I named the episode with Max Everything is Calm. Because with y'all British, everything's calm. That's because he says it way too much. I feel like we've given him too much props in this episode. We have. No. He says it way too much. Okay. That's, his head could get too big. But um, <laughs> yeah, calm is like, 
yeah that's all cool like it would be a response like you say oh do you like we're gonna go at this time oh yeah that's calm 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 calm, calm, calm. calm. you know another one that is often like a it's like a, a reactionary remark is uh-huh. rap says this a lot is it is it that's that's, that's is that slang it's, it's just i don't know if it's slang it's just dialogue you know that's it's like, like in it like dialogue. in it yeah, in yeah, it. it's all about in it. In it you know? Is it? Uh, I, love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I was, I was, I was about to try to put it, put, put this all together. I look at, I feel like, okay. <laughs> oh, let's see what he does. No, uh, she. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be so cringy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, and I'm gonna try to use a British accent too. Oh God. She's she's a peng ting in it, fam. Oh my God. How well, I, honestly, I do? I'd give you maybe a six out of ten. Six it's definitely not the worst that an American has said. Okay, to word. Usually, the average for Americans is like a three. Okay, so you're that's well what's up. up there. I'll take that. Peng ting and fit bird. Fit. Yep. She's a fit bird in it, fam. Hey, Twenty One Savage is English. That, that is honest. Yeah, we don't even have time because we're already at an hour three minutes, so we're not even gonna get into that. That seemed like a like a weird dream. That I we know all went it's a through. weird fever dream, isn't it? It's so random. yeah, that was weird. But um, okay, so we hit an hour, and I, that's when I usually like to shift to the entire confession section. Okay, let's but do it. I still had one more question to ask oh, you. Yeah? and that was Megan versus the Crown, the single oh hottest topic in these streets. That is a hot topic. Where do you stand? So here's the thing, right? I um this is this is another one I was talking about learning a lot of things. I'm very glad that they did that interview. I'm extremely glad because the things that they experience are unacceptable, but they are and they were not in any way in the public consciousness in the UK in any way. Like everything is painted that they are the evil couple, the mm-hmm. evil people who are throwing back the hospitality of the royal family in their face. But what they experienced is just the bottom line is it's unacceptable. So I'm so glad they came out and did that interview because I think like pretty much everyone in the UK was laboring under this, you know, like this basically hate from the tabloids mm-hmm. against a woman who literally is just trying to live a life. It's not her fault. She fell in love with a prince. Yeah. And I was, yeah, British tabloids are a whole different story. Oh my God. We don't, another thing we don't have the time to get into, but they are a different it's level terrible. of savagery. It is, yeah. it is bad. Yeah. But I will say my, cause I I watch it I, for, just for pure entertainment. And okay, actually the reason I watched it was I saw all the memes <laughs> on Twitter and I wanted to know what to was know going what was on. Up. Like all the Oprahs, like were you silenced or or were you silent or were you silenced? I love it. That's yeah. why I use that as my Instagram. Caption. I know, and I love that. <laughs> you did. Thank I you. I love that. So that's where I watched it because the the NBA All Star game was going on at the same time. So there's no way I was gonna watch yeah, the interview live. The yeah. So then I watched it later, and it it was entertainment. I the only thing that I will say for sure that I don't believe is that she didn't Google him. I don't believe that. Yes, I, I think in this day and age, everyone Googles everything. And if you're dating someone that famous, you are going to Google who he is. Like, so Googling? Like, I feel like you just would have heard. Exactly. So that is the one thing that I heard. I was like, yeah, why are you lying? But yeah. other than that, like, I'm not going to try yeah. to say she was lying because I don't know. But that one thing I'm going to say, I don't believe yeah, I mean, she has to have... I mean, there's pictures of her outside in Buckingham Palace. She has, she has to know about yeah, she ha- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. So I just wanted your quick thoughts. And now we can shift to the entire hey. confession section. Because, again, with you, I could go two hours, but I'm, <laughs> we're at an hour and a, hour five minutes. <laughs> the listenership will probably be like, what are these fools doing? Yeah, okay. So first, actually, let me just make sure there's everything. Anything else that I want to talk about? Talk about that. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. All right, perfect. So, first tired confession is, um, which one do I want to do first? Oh, uh, let's do this one. Do I accept the internship I've gotten into or hold out for the internship I really want, running the risk of not getting it and having the, de- having the declined, 
You would think people could speak English at this <laughs> prestigious institution. I was reading it thinking that I couldn't read, whereas they just couldn't. But it was right? wrong. So basically, they're trying to say is having like if I decline the previous one and I have no internships this summer, mm-hmm. like what? Like do I? Oh my goodness, I'm stupid too. What to basically? Make you? Yes, do I <laughs> accept? Yeah. The, do I accept the internship I don't want or hold out hope for the one that I do want? In the event that because there's a chance that if I decline this one, I don't get don't that get one, that and one. then I'm stuck with something. That is the summary of it. Since this person can't type and I can't speak. Wow, that's a good question. I mean, the other thing is like it depends what I mean. How old is this person? Obviously, we don't know. True. Like if you're a freshman and honestly even a sophomore, doesn't matter as much. Yeah, like don't force yourself into thinking, oh, I have to be doing an internship because that's what everyone does. Like, you also need a break. This has been a crazy year, and it if has. you're you know if you need a break, like take one. Like, I think a lot of the reason we're all so stressed a lot of the time is that we're constantly under pressure to be doing something. And Princeton gave us no break. But that's yes, and that's its story. whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, always keep hope in your mind. Maybe that there'll be a chance to get that second internship. But, yeah, I don't have, like, a snappy answer for that. But No, I thought I agree. That's a good answer. It for sure depends on where they are in their Princeton life. Yeah, if sure. you are a freshman and you're going to your soft freshman summer, I would say for sure, wait for the... Try to get the internship that, that you really do want because mm-hmm. in the event that you don't get something, it's not the end of the world to not have something in your freshman summer. Probably the same advice even for the sophomore, but maybe if it's like your junior summer and you yeah. need an internship, I would say yes except this one and then in the event that maybe you get the other one and you're able to back out break some eggs exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) do that can't make it all so yeah definitely depends on where you are in your princeton career and then second one um it says hopefully this person can speak (laughs) the vibe of tiger professions is so different from the vibe on campus everyone i meet in real life seems to have all their shit together a ton of friends and just in general isn't dying maybe it's selective bias on behalf of tiger confessions if if certain personality archetypes are more likely to submit confessions or maybe it's that most people are just probably are just really good at holding a facade that everything is going great probably it's a bit of both so there's not really yes. a question in there, but I just was curious to see your general reaction, reaction to, that. to that post. I think they hit the nail on the head of a bit of both there. I think that even the people that seem like they most have their shit together have, you know, like something gnawing at them at the back of their head. Like, this is, I'm struggling. I think it, you know, but that's the case in life, right? Yeah. It's literally the case in life all the time. The strongest people sometimes are the ones that need the most help. Exactly. Um, or the people that seem the strongest. But then, yeah, I, I also would say I don't know too many people who post on Tiger Confessions Me routinely. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's just like a section of Princeton that I'm not acquainted with. So it's all a bit, you know, that's a bit of an up and in the air one. So yeah, they're both, they're both. Yeah, and again, again, I agree. Be 1,000% on the people who you assume have their shit together the most probably don't. Mm-hmm. And we really are all just going with the flow shout, hey. out, shout out to the podcast <laughs> and try that. to figure things out as we go 
I'm someone who have, I think I've been on both sides of this whether it was like high school where it's like I'm the one that people looked at as having their shit together just because I like I get into a certain school I'm, I do certain clubs mm-hmm. I'm this I'm that I've never known what I'm doing yeah. I'm just taking it a day at a time yeah. and maybe sometimes trying to plan a little bit further ahead but at the same time I don't know what the future holds and then no. even I get to Princeton and you see some people doing some really great things you assume they have it all together you get to know them a little better you realize no they really don't they're on the same side of things and even now that I'm a little later in Princeton and I might look like I have some things figured out when I tell you I I don't got nothing figured out I feel the exact same I feel the exact same but at the same time when I say I don't have things figured out I don't I don't think that's a bad thing and I don't think and that's not something that's weighing me down or that I'm sad about I'm still I wake up happy every day I try to make the most out of every day and I go on with my life and so I will say that Yes, this post says it seems like everyone has their shit together. Um, I guarantee you most people don't. Oh, yeah. But not having your shit together doesn't mean that you're not still able to just enjoy Princeton and enjoy life. Yeah, I totally agree with that as well. Like Some of the most amazing things happen spontaneously, you know? Doesn't have to be a planned thing to be great. Even this happened kind of spontaneously. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to have you on. You were on my list of guests, but then I bumped into you out of Firestone, and you were like, "When am I getting on the podcast?" And I was like, <laughs> "Next Friday." There we go. And now here we are. Exactly. Um, Firestone bringing people together. Yes. So probably it's a bit of both. Yes, there is a section of people who use Tower <laughs> Confessions very actively, but at the same time. People also don't have their shit together mm-hmm. as much as you would think. Yes, they absolutely do not. Um. So yeah, that is it. We've done an hour and eleven minutes. Wow. An- another fantastic episode. Oh, what are you saying, Louisa? <laughs> any <laughs> any final words for the people who might be listening? Words for the people. Um, I love you all. I can't wait to see you. Feels <laughs> <laughs> like a presidential address. <laughs> Oh my god, did you see the video of Joe falling up the stairs? I did. As a final thing. I did, yeah. Tough looks. And then Tough. yesterday he said he's been in, what was it? He's been in the government for 120 years or something? He said, oh jeez, <laughs> poor Joe. I love him though. Oh, old man. For his, you know, for his blunders. Grandpa Joe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say to in his defense, every single one of us has tripped upstairs. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to put that on his age. I don't know if I've done it three times, though, in the same trip. <laughs> Have you no, done that? No, yes, as a spry 21-year-old. Because it's the first one kind of leads to the other ones. Because you never really regain your balance. And he knows that everyone's watching him. So he knows after he trips the first time, he's like, ah, damn, I got to recover. But although he's not recovered, he tries to go for it, and then it just leads to the rest. And I've definitely been in that boat of... Yeah, yep. just tripping multiple <laughs> times when you try to write yourself too soon. Oh, God. So, I, I empathize with you, Joe. You yes, sending love to Joe Biden. Sending love to Joe. I hope your knees are okay. <laughs> um, so, honest, yes, that is that is it. It's a great way to end the podcast. Great way to end it. This yeah. has been another episode of Go With The Flow. If you're still listening an hour and 13 minutes in, I love you. Yeah, if you're not, I, do I don't like you as much, but I still appreciate you for clicking on this podcast. Yeah. And... Thank you, everyone. Stay great, stay beautiful, and have a fantastic day. Goodbye.